Bible with you. Let's turn to John chapter 13. One of the things that um, has I've heard a lot. Um, in the past however many years we've been doing this, um, as people will come into uh, and come into the ring and kind of get involved or or they'll be they'll come for a while and every now and then um, you hear like this phrase will come up people will say uh, I really uh, I, this is the place I want to be I want to get plugged in and um, and that's I guess kind of become one of those church you know, buzzword kind of things, which I guess means um, get involved, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and so there's, I just want to get plugged in, I want to serve, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to you know, I want to get plugged in. And, uh, and with our church, um, there, you know, there really aren't like, you know, we don't, can't hand you this packet, you know, that says like, here are, you know, all 124 of our ministries that you can get plugged into or, you know, um, here's a four-hour-long spiritual gifts test that you must take before we will plug you in anywhere or whatever. Um, there are uh, basically, basically there are four, like, four ways that people get plugged in to the ring. Um, one of them is uh, by coming here on Sunday nights. And it might seem like an obvious one, and it is an obvious one, um, but it is a very important uh, thing that, um, this is when um, our community of faith gathers together, and uh, we do what we do together. And um, like, like Drew talked about last week, um, the story of God um, that that we are all a part of. This is kind of a time where um, maybe we are are more attentive to that, and we can kind of like everybody kind of tunes together, and we become um, attentive of not only the story of God that is like being played out and how that is in our own lives, but in our lives in a greater context of this community and the bigger church and, you know, beyond kind of deal. And so, you know, there's, um, there's this gathering. Um, we have uh, ministry teams, which um, is where we take people who have, uh, like, similar passions but different sets of abilities and strengths and gifts and that kind of stuff, we put them all in a group together, and we kind of turn them loose to be able to um, pour out into the things that they're passionate about, that God's made them to be passionate about. So an example would be we have a, a, a team that works with our kids, and they're all uh, people who are, God has put that in them, but they're all so different. And so they, you put them together on a team, and all the different parts work together, and things happen that would not happen by one person alone. Uh, we have a, a team with works with all of our missions uh, comings and goings and all that kind of stuff. We have a group that has started to go and do some stuff with homeless shelters. I mean, there's just different things. People with like passions, but they're all just different personalities and everything. Put them on a, in a group, and they go. 
Um, so that's another way that people get plugged in. Another way people get plugged in is by becoming a, a member, a covenant member of this community, um, which is something that I, honest, honestly, I was very skeptical um, of church membership just because I, in my experience, I didn't really see the point of it um, because it was always just kind of a, kind of a hoop you jump through, very, you know, low accountability, um, you know, kind of assign this card, everybody votes you in, on favor, say amen kind of thing, and everybody lines up at the end of the service and greets you, you know, and you get the packet in the mail or whatever. Um, and so uh, for a long time, I was really just like, I don't, when we start the ring, I was like, I don't even know that membership is going to be something that we do. Um, it's something that some churches have drifted away from, or they've drifted into like, if you contribute financially, you are a member for this year, you know. Um, but the more I started to research it and look scripturally and found that it, you know, it's, it's there and that different ways that churches were doing it. Um, and, and so becoming a member of this church, I mean, this is, uh, this is a fantastic way of getting plugged in because what you're doing is you're stepping into a group of people that have said, we are committed to living life together in these ways and um, wanting God to use us in these ways. And there's, just, there's this agreement there. Um, there, uh, I don't know, there's just something about the membership process, whether it, you, first you go to a class, and there's just this whole thing, and if you're interested in that, then the best thing I can tell you to do is come to a membership class. There's no obligation when it's, it's over with that you have to join. That's just the best place for you to understand what it's all about. So that's another way people get plugged in. So there's the Sunday night gathering, there's ministry teams, there's being a member of the church, a covenant member of this community. Um, but I think it, that maybe the most transformational way that people get plugged in is through community groups. Um, I'm not going to do a commercial for community groups tonight. And I'm not going to try to convince everybody to be in one. And I'm not, uh, that's not the point of tonight. There are just times where um, it is, it's what God has us do on Sunday nights where we talk and we kind of, of get everybody on the same page. We've taken a couple of weeks off. Uh, from groups, uh, giving the leaders a little bit of a break. We do this uh, at the end of every summer. And so this week is when our groups start back, and there are some changes in some groups and, and kind of moving some things around and doing some stuff. And so um, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, but I want, every, I want all of us to look at kind of why we do them. Um, one of my things with church membership, one reason I didn't want to do it for a long time was because... Um, like, everybody does it, you know, and I didn't really understand the point, and I was kind of in the, one of those, like, I know everything, and we're not going to be that kind of church. We're not going to do stuff just to do it, you know, because I was real cool then, and, uh, and, and that was, like, one of the things, too, about small groups. It was like, I don't want to do small groups because that's what the church in North America does, you know, um, or because, you know, that's what you know, Willow Creek or Saddleback or these big churches, because they do small groups, we're going to do small groups. Um, everything that, <clears throat> when it came time to actually start the church, you start getting into the Word, and you start to see all the reasons why things happen, why you have covenant membership, why you have a finance team, you know, why, why you have uh, constitution and bylaws. I mean, like, there's, like, biblical reasons for that, whether it's the, the big picture of, the Bible says, be organized, because when there's not organization, there's chaos, and that's, that's not glorifying to the Lord. Or whether it's like some specific teachings, you know, whatever. Um, everything that, we're, that we do, we believe, has a scriptural basis. 
And so I want us to look at why we do them. And, well, you'll see. Look, turn, we're in John 13. Here's what's going on in John 13. Um, he has washed the disciples' feet. Um, and this is probably uh, one of the most stunning moments, probably for the disciples. Uh, you know, they've seen miracles. They've just experienced all kinds of stuff. And maybe, um, I, I just have to believe that Jesus washing their feet was just one of those just moments where they're like, what in the world? What's going on? You know, did that just happen? Um, so he's washed their feet, and then he tells them that one of them is going to betray him. And so that had to be weird. And uh, he's about to um, like tell Peter that he's going to deny him. And then he's about to go into the, the whole discourse about, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the vine, you're the branches. I mean, this is, this is, this is big, heavy stuff that's going on. And um, in verse 34, Jesus says something that's so incredibly simple that um, really is the reason why community groups, call them whatever you want, why those small group gatherings in a church um, make so much sense as far as how God's put the church together. He says this, verse 34, There's a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. When I think about community groups in the most basic, like let me just, just, just boil it all down, I think community groups provide a context for love. I think that's why we do groups. Um, it's not to make friends, although you make friends. It's, um, you know, there, there are all kinds of things that, that they're not, and I, and there's all kind of good reasons why, but the bottom line reason is when you're in a room with these people every Tuesday night or every Monday night or whatever, um, that is a context for us to live out what Jesus says right here when he says, love one another. That's about as simple as I think it can get. And so here's this, this context for love, and Jesus sitting here in his own small group. He's about to leave them. He's just dropped the bomb of one of you is going to betray me and you're going to deny me and uh, all of you have clean feet and, you know, whatever. He's like, just like this, this crazy moment's going on and he tells him so simply, love one another. The same way I've loved you, you love one another. That's how people are going to know that you're my disciple. That's the defining mark. Let's, let's just look at these verses just kind of slowly. Um, a new commandment I give to you. Okay, it really probably wasn't new. Um, but I think in those moments, the newness was um, maybe the fact that they maybe never really understood up until that, that moment, you know. Like maybe it took three years of him being with them. They, uh, they lived every moment together. They traveled everywhere by foot. Um, maybe it took all this time for them to get to the point where they were ready for this new commandment to love one another. Um, but he doesn't just say love each other. He says, um, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. In, this, in, the, same, in the same way. See, here's the thing about community. Um, Jesus was, he was not only, um, like he, he didn't only know the disciples, he was also known by the disciples. To be 
known and to know. I mean, that's, that's community, right? And that's what he's saying is, I have loved you, and just the way that we've loved the, I've loved you and you've loved me, then you go and you love each other. They'd had all these experiences together, and they watched him perform miracles, and they had just seen him answer the tough questions, and, you know, they're just, just no telling what was going through their minds at this point. But what's awesome is that they, they knew him. They had been loved by him, and they had loved him. And he just so simply is saying, you love each other in the same way. That does not happen in large groups. I mean, it's like probably very easy for me to tell you, I love you. And you can say in unison, we love you too, you know? But I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. As well as I know some of you, I don't know all of you. And you might think that you know me pretty well because I get up here every week and whatever, but that's not necessarily the case. And there's no way that on Sunday nights we can take this commandment to love one another just like Jesus loved them and every Sunday night in a group of 150 people that we can live that out every single week, you know. You can't do that. It would be awesome if we could. We'd have to be here all day and we'd have to come up with like a rotation and whatever and guess what? We'd have to get into small groups for that to be able to happen. And so... Community groups, small groups, and if you don't go to this church and you're just here tonight, the groups that your church does, I mean, that's, that's, that's the context for this to be lived out. It doesn't happen in big groups. It happens to a degree in big groups. I think we can love each other in this room to a degree, but not in the same way that you are when there's 10 of you or 12 of you consistently every single week. To know and to be known. That's how you are able to love one another. That's what your community group, big picture in the kingdom of God goal is. To know and to be known. And in the context of those knowing relationships, to love each other. The next part is verse 35. So you could have just stopped there. Then he, Jesus always has to go like one more step. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. The defining mark of a Christian is love. And that is extremely convicting to me. You know? um, and I know he's talking to his disciples, but there's, a, there's something bigger going on. Um, to love people. See, I'm real good at loving the people that I love. That makes any sense, you know? I'm fine with that. But let's let's all be really, really honest. There are people that we just don't love, you know? Or you might love them, but you don't like them, you know, try to differentiate between the two. Like, Jesus didn't say I had to like you, he said I had to love you. Okay. Um, and see, sometimes with, with Christians, there's like this uh, I I don't know what to call it. Sometimes with Christians, we're really great at loving other Christians, but not great at loving people who are not Christians or who are not involved in the church or who are not, they don't look like us or talk like us or think like us or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that's kind of like where Christians live. Is I, I love my brothers and sisters in Christ and they are heathen. You know, 
We don't love the heathen. We pray for the heathen. We love one another. Then there's, a, there's another, like, kind of another group that is just the opposite, you know. They will have grace and mercy and love for people who don't look like them and all that kind of stuff, whatever, and, and don't want anything to do with Jesus. They'll have all that for them, but then when it comes to, like, Christians, there's, there's no grace, there's no love, there's no whatever, you know. And both groups are wrong, you know. Both groups are wrong. The way that Jesus loved his disciples is the way that we're to love one another. And I don't know that what he's saying right there is, has any kind of limits on it about if someone is a Christian or not. Seems pretty across the board. Seems to be pretty much the way Jesus operated all, all the time, everywhere he went. He was going to love people. And the thing about loving people is it looks completely different uh, than we think. Love is gracious, okay, and there is compassion there's also, like, a firmness, right? I mean, Jesus, he would roll them up when they needed it. Um, if someone was wrong, he would speak the truth in love, but he would tell them, you know? He, he loved the Pharisees enough to put them in their place. Um, in, in the New Testament, I, I found this uh, when we were doing church plant stuff and was just online constantly trying to get some help. Um, and there's a, a list, and I, I tell you that I found this online, so I didn't want you to think that I spent time doing this, uh, which is probably what I should spend time doing, but it's online, so why bother when it's right there? Um, love shows up in a lot of ways in Scripture. Jesus says, love one another. Um, these, are all, these all come from the Word. I'm not going to put them up on the screen because I don't want to overwhelm you with um, as many verses as this would be. These are the, these are the one another's of Scripture, Okay. And, and I believe that these are all the different ways, in the, just in the New Testament, that love one another is like fleshed out in everyday life. Let me read them to you real quick. Um, do not oppress one another. Be at peace with one another. Show hospitality with one another. We are members of one another. Honor one another. Do not judge one another. Receive one another. Do not excuse one another. Do not fight with one another. Serve one another. Do not envy one another. Admonish one another. Wait for one another. Greet one another. Care for one another. Bear the burdens of one another. Forgive one another. Be kind to one another. Submit to one another. Do not lie to one another. Provoke to good works one another. Comfort one another. Concern yourself in the affairs of one another. Do not hate one another. Do not speak evil of one another. Pray for one another. Be like-minded toward one another. Do not hold a grudge against one another. Highly esteem one another. Do not be partial toward one another. Have fellowship with one another. Edify one another. Teach one another. Do good to one another. Exhort one another. Minister spiritual gifts to one another. Love one another. And that's just in the New Testament. We could come up with a, a, a whole other list of ways that love one another plays out in our relationships and stuff. Here's the thing. A community group provides a context for all of those things and all the things that we could add to it and all the different ways our lives overlap. It provides a context for loving one another to be practiced and to be refined and in many ways to be perfected 
to the point where we are reshaped, and that just becomes the way we interact with people. It just becomes normal. It becomes completely natural. See, here's your, in, in your community group, there you are. It's a context to love one another. And uh, probably the most common example would be someone says, hey, uh, I'm moving in two weeks and I need some help. People in your group are like, okay, I got, I got a truck, I got a truck, I got a trailer, um, I got, you know, hands, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and everything happens and, you know, you set the date, people go, they help you move, whatever. Everybody has a great time, you serve, you love, you're blessed, you order pizza and drink Kool-Aid and it's all great. Um, there are, um, as with the age of this church, that is very common. Like, it's like weddings and moving. It's like just constantly going on, constantly going on. Here's, here's what would happen. I, let's say you're in a group for two years, all right? And over the course of two years, you've helped everybody move twice, and they've helped you move thrice. And you are like, that's just what it is. One day you're at work, and someone says, like, yeah, I got to move, whatever. What, what happens? What's your natural instinct? Do you need help? Well, who knows if two years ago that would have been your natural instinct. What mine would be would be like, oh, man, that's, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I got to put my truck in the shop. <laughs> uh, it just becomes, it becomes really natural. People come into your group, and they've had completely horrible days, and they come in the group, and they are just firing darts, you know, and just being mean or whatever, and the group's like, Loving them anyway. You come in and you're having a bad day or whatever and the group's there for you. Or something goes like completely crazy in your life and you send out an email to your group and they're like, we love you and we're praying for you, whatever, and that's going on. Those things start to become normal over time. More and more normal, more and more normal. Next thing you know, you're praying with your coworker and you're like, oh, what's going on? Why, why did I do that? You know, you're sending an email to your group about your coworker's mom. You know, why, why does that happen? Because it's a context for loving one another where it's refined and it's practiced and it's narrowed down and it's just perfected to the point where it just becomes the way that we live. Now, are community groups the only context where that happens? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That happens in families. It happens in groups of friends. It happens, it happens in all these pockets. Um, they are not the only context where that love is perfected but I think that they are a very unique context. And that's why I think they're so important. Um, not in any way saying it's the, it's the only thing going and they're absolutely perfect and, you know, whatever. But I think that they are very, very unique. And let me, let me kind of explain where I'm coming from on that. All right. Um, here's how, how community groups work. Um, we, we think in cycles of four, uh, four meetings, okay? Um, the first meeting and the third meeting are uh, centered around a Bible study time. Um, it's discussion-based. Uh, we, uh, it's not um, this like in-depth into the Greek, you know, all that kind of stuff, whatever, um, where it takes you like four years to go through 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. You know, it's not one of those kind of things. Um, there's no homework to do. Uh, basically, you show up, your group leader is prepared with a discussion, and you get into the Word, and there's questions, and you're able to share your experiences, and your struggles with stuff, and areas that you need prayer, and um, the material is written is not just like flippantly done. Um, it's it is written for our church. Uh, we don't buy it uh, curriculum from anywhere or whatever. Um, 
it's not written uh, like completely randomly. Um, it's it's very intentional. It's very cool the way that things flow when it when it. I don't know if if I could give you some of the backstory on some of the material that we've done, it would be cool. I'm not saying that it's always great. The leaders are always like, "This is amazing." Every week, some weeks I'm sure they're like, um, "I promise you, this material is horrible." Uh, and um, and probably there are some times where where it is uh, not as good as it should be. But no doubt about it, um, the material that we do it comes from the Lord. Right now, we're starting. Um, oh, we just finished a series. Where we went through the Prodigal Son for a couple weeks, and now the next uh, couple weeks we're going to do uh, Paul's prayers for the churches. Um, in the New Testament, um, those nights, uh, think about the, the context of love that happened on those nights. Um, what better place than um, people sitting around a room with the word open for love to be refined and perfected in us? I mean, it's, it's beautiful when you think about it. I mean, what we do here on Sunday nights is beautiful too, but community, it, it's, just, it's just different. You know, um, people share their prayer requests. People like it's just this open door of come no matter what kind of day you've had, no matter what's going on, and we're gonna love you. We're gonna love each other, and there are times when the meetings probably aren't great. That's in that a part of loving one of us learning how to do that. In a part of learning how to do anything, getting it wrong. Um, so in that context, we succeed and we fail, but God takes successes and failures and refines those things. And so on those, the first and third week of, of those uh, four weeks, that's what happens as we, you get into the Word together. On the second week, um, we combine three groups, and all the guys from three groups meet in one place, and all the girls from three groups meet in one place. And um, that uh, is something that um, was, I was, I mean, I, that sounds weird to say, like, and then God told me this, because I always get weird people say that, but it really was, like, one of those things where the Lord was like, this is what you need to do. I was like, oh, my goodness, are you serious? And uh, he was like, uh, yeah, um, and then that, that was it. He didn't say anything else. And so, um, but, I mean, so far it seems to have gone, like, really well. Um, people are getting to know other people and other groups. Um, it's starting to kind of make our Sunday nights different. Because if you think about it, I mean, Sunday nights is really, it's really a gathering of the community groups. And so instead of just knowing the people in your group, you know, once a month we mix everybody up, and it's like all guys, and so there's like male bonding time or whatever. I don't know what the girls do. Um, I guess you bond too. Um, and so um, that's what we do on the second week there. And, uh, but that's also a discussion-based Bible study. It is not... Um, I don't know, I, I think one of my fears in doing that was that, um, you know, they're just, my whole life, if there's a guy's Bible study, there are certain topics that we talked about in the guy's Bible study, you know, and I was like, I just don't want that. I mean, who's going to want to go to that? You know, we've been to a thousand of those. And, um, and it was cool the way that God kind of shaped it, where it's pretty much like the same as your other community group times. Um, it's not like focused on like guy issues, you know, or whatever. Um, but it's time in the Word, and so some of those things are, are there, but there's just a time where you get to know each other, and there's just some times where guys need to be like, you know, I have no idea what it means to be the spiritual leader of my home. You need to be able to voice that. You need other guys to be like, dude, me too. Um, Josh needs to preach on that, you know, and then I'll be like, dude, not married. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you let me know. Um, 
And so that's what happens on that second week. On the fourth week, um, it's, we just have hangout nights, and you're back in your original group. And we intentionally have one night out of, the, out of a month, basically, where we just want you to be together. And so sometimes groups go eat, sometimes they do potluck, sometimes uh, they'll play ultimate frisbee, sometimes they'll get to put together and play rock band, um, sometimes they'll ask another group on a date, and, you know, and they'll challenge them to rock band or something, I don't know, sounds kind of a, kind of a lame date, but you know. Um, <laughs> but like it's, it's just a chance where you're just able to just be together, because I think that's such a great part of community, and knowing people and being known by them is just relaxing together and sharing a meal together sometimes and just whatever. I think that's just as valuable. Um, for years, we've been trying to get people to look at the hangout night as having just as much value as the Bible study night um, as far as shaping community. And um, I just think it's really important. And so those are the, those are the, the four like, gatherings of the community groups. That's why I think that groups are such a unique context for things to happen because they're so different. Um, it's different than when your family hangs out or when, you know, like your, you and your best friends are hanging out. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just so different. And I think it is like just one of the most transformational things um, for people, especially in helping people feel connected to, to the church and really kind of just cluing into like what is going on big picture wise. Um, groups also do stuff like community service. Uh, that. That happens, you know, all the time, and we're trying to, to make that a more regular part of group life. There's just lots of random stuff that groups do um, that are, are not on a Tuesday, you know, whatever. They'll just go do stuff. Um, once every 10 weeks, I guess, group comes early on Sunday night, and they set up the, all the nurseries and the station back there, and they just help get things together, and then um, are supposed to stay afterwards and help put everything back. Um, one of the things about being here is that uh, I'm very glad we don't have to stack chairs and pick up stage and sound system anymore, um, but we still have a lot of stuff we have to do. Um, my goal in the back of my mind is that when the BCM staff comes in on Monday, the only reason they, know, they like, can tell that we were here on Sunday night is that it's cleaner than it was when they left on Friday. Like, that's like my goal. Like, things are straight. Like, what's going on? Um, and... And so we still have a lot to do afterwards. And so what we do is we have a group come and they like host the evening. And they set up and they tear things down and they pass out the sheets when people come in and, and whatever. And so I say all that to say this. Um, loving one another happens uniquely in the context of a community group. It's not the only place, but it's a very unique place. If you want to know people and you want to be known by people, it's easy, but it's hard. Community is never easy. You know, community is always going to require sacrifice of different kinds. It's going to require an openness. It's going to require that you let people in. It's going to require that you be willing to get into people's lives. You don't live out all those, the one another's of Scripture um, easily. But the thing is, in Christ, it happens so naturally. Community groups, they are the most natural things in the world um, in, in that sense. The fact that in Christ, I mean, we are all on the, like, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same place. We're all like battling the flesh. We're all uh, like have Christ in us who we're learning how to, to just 
conquer that all the time. Um, we're all fighting similar fights, and that's what's so beautiful about it, coming together. Um, and that's how people know you, and that's how you're known by people. And so that's why we do community groups. Because Jesus commands us to love one another, and we have enough respect and love and submission to him to say, all right, well, if we're going to take him seriously, how, how are we going to do that the most effectively? And so you take our group, our church, and you break us down to smaller groups. And God gives us uh, discussions, and we have those discussions. And God gives us his word, and he gives us his spirit. He gives us everything we need for life and godliness. He says, love each other just like I did, and that's how people are going to know that you're mine. Until so we say, okay, we're, we're going to go for it. And everybody that's a believer plays a role in that. When it says love one another, it's like I need you to love me and you need me to love you. Does that make sense? Like it's, it's two ways, it's, well, it's, a, it's a billion ways. And one time... Um, I was, uh, was talking on a Sunday night, and I remember we were in the sanctuary at Parkview, and I was just talking about, like, uh, I feel like, in, you know, like, our church is, like, just a, a bunch of us, like, standing in a, cir- in a circle, you know, and as far as, like, joining closer together, like, I feel like, like, each time we're together, I think God wants us just to basically, like, um, Take one step closer. Remember, like, what is it, like, uh, hokey pokey or whatever? Everybody gets around in the circle, you know? I don't know why it made me think about that. But I feel like, like, spiritually, emotionally, socially, I mean, all these things that go into loving each other, like, we're on this big circle. And I think, like, each time we're together, we take one step closer. And, and I really believe that God's like, all right, like, I want to use your church. I want to use your, like, all of your lives to impact this city. The way that's going to happen is by loving each other. And by loving everybody you come in contact with. And there are some ways that you are really good at loving each other. And there are some ways where you need some refinement. I think God's saying, let me refine you. You know, Let me do this. I think we just have to say, All right, I'm, I'm ready. Smooth out the rough edges. Get the impurities out. You know, whatever, like I'm ready. I think it's all of us taking a step in and taking another step in and taking another step in. I would love for um, our reputation around this area here and throughout the city for people to be like, man, they love people. They love Jesus and they love people. And I know God like, is all about that. And so there's really not like a, not a point, there's not like a, like a big challenge or a big like bottom line dramatic moment or anything. I really just think that, I think that we're probably all ready for it, you know. And I think that, um, I think God's saying if you're ready, then let's go. If you want to love each other, then it starts by understanding how I loved you. And then you know what to duplicate. So let's pray.